Hey guys, it's Ken. Hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Dynamic Duel Podcast as they are our sponsors for this podcast. Uh, without them, we definitely wouldn't be here, so we want to give a great thanks and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Afternoon. Welcome back to Max Destruction. This is Ken. And I'm Dustin. That's right. Dustin's back for another one. He's uh he's thinking that he's riding high from the last couple of battles, but uh, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that if he wins another one, he's gonna be gone. Uh just because I can't can't have this rap continuing on. Always <laughs> uh, kidding. But uh again, welcome back to Max Destruction. You're one-stop shop for a scientific, unbiased method of putting two action figures and throw them at each other uh, using science, TM, uh, or as we like to call it, the Monte Carlo simulation. Uh, we're going to take two characters from cinematic history and we put them against each other because uh, why the hell not? Uh, this week uh, is going to be a little less on the big explosive side, within reason, uh, more on the clandestine side. Dustin, you want to give our audience the uh, who's who this week? Yeah, so um, I'm obviously repping the soon-to-be winner, 007, James Bond himself. And... Can he he got somebody named named Bourne, you know, Jason, Jason uh, Bourne. Absolutely not. It is Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. That's right, guys. Buckle up because there's going to be a lot of Team America references in this episode. Yes, I have Jason Bourne, the American born super spy who tends to lose his memory at least every single movie. Uh, a guy definitely spends a ton of money on therapy when he's not dodging cars and bullets and bombs and rogue agencies of the U.S. government. Eh, we'll get into that, right? Uh, but before we do, uh, we'd like to go ahead and take this moment to delve into the comment of the week. Uh, we take one of your guys' comments that you leave on our podcast, uh, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, and then we'll read it out on the pod. Uh, just so everyone's aware, we pick the one that is dumber than how we sound uh, so that we actually seem a lot smarter than we are. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and go right into it. Now, normally... This is when we would talk about the comment of the week left by you guys, our audience, uh, either on social media, uh, our email at maxdestructionpodcast at gmail.com, uh, or however you're getting your podcasts via Apple, Spotify, Stitch. Uh, but because we haven't gotten there far yet, we're going to go ahead and call it here. Uh, but keep on keeping on and uh, leave us something to talk about. Thanks. All right, guys, and now we're back. Uh, that was a great comment. I don't know about you. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, 
Uh, obviously, we didn't have one this week, but we will. Uh, once we get this rolling, you guys are gonna gonna be able to comment in, and we'll be able to roll those in uh, into the conversation. Uh, also, just so everyone's aware, before we roll into the actual meat of the podcast, uh, we are going to be bringing in more co-hosts. So it's not just going to be myself and Dustin. Uh, we're going to be running in. Uh, probably starting off in the next few weeks, uh, Jonathan or Joseph uh, from the Dynamic Duel, uh, which they are the the network in which we preside, uh, so it only seems right to bring them in. Um, But we have to make sure that Dustin and I are skilled up enough uh, so we make them look bad. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) we've got got to make them look bad on our podcast because they would wipe the floor uh, with theirs. Um, But with all that being said... uh, Dustin, why don't we go ahead and dive into the tale of the cocoa butter? Yeah, of course. So uh, up first, the name is Bond, James Bond, that is. is the actor, I, I kind of, so it's been portrayed by many, many actors at this point, but I kind of stuck with the Daniel Craig because he's the one I'm most familiar with. Movie would be Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. During Skyfall, which for some reason I picked that as my weight for Daniel Craig, he weighed in at 180 pounds with only 10% body fat, and he is 5 foot 10 inches tall. His rank is a double O agent. That double O, that's a license to kill, all right? So let's get into his bio. Daniel Craig, he is actually the seventh actor to appear as James Bond. I kept reading and he kept saying sixth. And I was like, no, there's seven. And so to name them off, just these fantastic actors who have all been 007. We got Sean Connery, David uh, Niven, George Lazenby. I hope I'm not butchering these names. Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan. And so we we have this running joke of a tally of how many parents are alive for this. And uh, Bond, no exception, both parents died when he was 11 in a climbing accident. So after that, Bond started studying climbing and skiing in his teen years. Because why not? Your parents just died when you're 11 climbing. So you might as well learn how to do it as well. During an exchange program, he actually led a group of his friends to climb that very same mountain his parents died on. Which to me is just like, why? But, you know, to each their own. At the age of 17, he began attending the Royal Naval College where he excelled. He had excellent marks in everything, like athletic competitions, strategic operations, and counterintelligence courses. Uh, He may have somewhat lacked in, say, discipline or respect or following curfew. So he, he, he got a few demerits. But, you know, we know what he turned out to be. So that's all right. Now let's get into his military experience. And, you know, there's a guy who doesn't know his own last name. Compare that to a guy who's had this extensive military experience. Let's just remember that. So right out of college, he was recommended for work in naval intelligence because the dude's a smart dude. Okay, he transferred to submarine service. He was wasn't being fully challenged in his duties doing all of this so he started to go do uh underwater and aquatic warfare training he was the only cadet that actually escaped undetected during one of their night training courses where he had to go through infrared cameras and sonar systems and the dude made it through without being detected only guy ever 
So after that, he went in to do some commando parachute training where he actually saved another trainee whose chute malfunctioned. And he actually caught him, deployed his chute, and saved both their lives before hitting the ground. With this stellar record, Bond was uh, went into the 030 Special Forces Unit, where he earned certifications for operating. Like, I read this and I was like, holy cow, like, the, like he could do anything. Okay, assault helicopters, Harrier-class jets, fixed-wing aircrafts, hovercrafts, marine assault vehicles, and armored vehicles, and other crafts. Like, just... It's more sport of anything with wheels or an engine or any uh, wings. He could he could fly. During this time, he reached the rank of lieutenant commander. He saw covert action in Iraq, Somalia, Iran, Libya, and Bosnia, during which he was actually credited with saving a hundred men from Serbia militia and awarded the rank of commander. After all this, he was recruited at the age of thirty by M sixteen or MI six. My bad. <laughs> During which he was involved with many black ops reconnaissance missions. Now that we have, you know, kind of his education and his training time, let's move on. He when at the only at the age of only 36, he became the youngest agent to ever get double O status. And again, that double O is a license to kill. Okay. Damon, I don't think he got his license, so I'm revoking it. He, the, he's had some cool scenes doing some parkour. He's stopped terrorist attacks. He's won poker tournaments. Does it matter? Maybe not, but he's a winner, and that's what's most important. All right. He has survived getting shot off of a moving train and falling off a bridge into water below. He survived. Came back, maybe not better than ever, but he came back and he still won the day. So, you know, he's had. All these gunfights, tortures, and all... Like, he makes it through everything. He finds a way. So, Gear, um, he, he is probably the Bond that has the least amount of special gadgets, which is a little bit of a bummer. But he does have a Walter PPK pistol with a palm print scanner, so he's the only one who could shoot it. He has an exploding watch and an EMP wristwatch, among other firearms, snipers, pistols, what you have you throughout the series. And that is... 007, and I can't wait to see what Damien brings to the table. All right, Dustin, so I'm just going to have to say and point out before I get into the wonders of what this American super spy has to offer, uh, not you weak-ass Brits, um, George Lazenby is still alive, and the fact that you still butchered the man's name, uh, I'd be careful, because uh, not only was he the greatest Bond Okay, I can't even say that. Sean Connery is the greatest Bond. But regardless, Lazenby now and Lazenby forever. Now, getting to your opponent, <laughs> Jason Bourne. Uh, Jason Bourne, a.k.a. David Webb, uh, was portrayed by Matt Damon uh, in the more recent films. However, Richard Chamberlain uh, was the very first person to portray uh, Jason Bourne uh, in 1988. I didn't even know that the film existed, but the fact that Alan Quartermain was also Jason Bourne, kind of badass. Uh, so he was in all of the Bourne uh, novels, the Robert Ludlum ones and the ones that came after that were written uh, in that same vein. Uh, and 
he, of course, Matt Damon, that for Jason Bourne will go with the Bourne identity, uh, was also 5'10 and weighed 185. Now, he definitely didn't have the 10% body fat of the Daniel Craig. Uh, Everyone knows you were watching Quantum of Solace when he came out of the water glistening. Uh, But fine, you go with Skyfall. Uh, so Jason Bourne started as a uh, army captain with the uh, Green Berets and then Delta Force and then became a CIA deep cover operative. Uh, so a little bit of Bourne's backstory. Again, he, he was born David Webb uh, in 1970 uh, in Nixon, Missouri to Mary and Richard Webb. Now, everyone hold on. They died. Uh, but not like that. I'll actually get into that further. Uh, he joined the U.S. Special Force, Army Special Forces, which are none of the Green Berets, and later joined Delta Force, where he attained the uh, officer rank of captain. Uh, following his Army service, he wanted to join up with the CIA because his father was actually chief of station uh, with the CIA. Uh, and later joined the Treadstone Project, where he was codenamed Jason Bourne, a little bit on Treadstone later. In 1999, his father was killed in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, while working as a chief of station. Now, Bourne didn't know anything about it other than he thought it was a terrorist attack originally, but he actually came to find out that the CIA themselves, or rather the inner agencies of inner agencies, it's all compartmentalized. The Brits don't understand this. Uh, However, we have different agencies for different things. Uh, M16, or rather MI6, as you wanted to put it, uh, is definitely the outer agency, whereas MI5 is kind of the inner agency. Uh, they're not as cool as the CIA and the FBI. Let's just be honest. Uh, it's revealed that Richard Webb, David's father, actually created the Treadstone pro- program, and when he found out the agency wanted to recruit his son, uh, he threatened to expose the program and he, because he didn't want his son to become an assassin. Unfortunately, CIA had other plans and killed him. Uh, so Webb joined up with Treadstone, uh, which was really just an experiment in psychological conditioning. Uh, it really meant to break the person into a weapon. Um, while on mission, uh, after he had attained his program status, his operative status, uh, he would just go deep. And whenever he was called uh, and activated, uh, you saw this mostly in the Born Identity, where his phone would go off, uh, he'd go and execute said mission. Uh, Bourne was the best uh, up until a mission in the Mediterranean Sea where the mission went awry. Uh, he was shot and fell into the icy cold waters of, of the sea. He lost his memory. He was recovered by a fisherman. Uh, and then Jason spends the majority of what comes up to be the next four films figuring out who he was and growing as a person. Not only as he a person not wanting to kill for a government or an agency that tells him to, but rather not really wanting to kill anybody anymore, which kind of is weird because he continues to do so. Anyways, uh, in one of the films, Bourne finally tracks down the creator of the program, and with his help, he finds out who he was, why he volunteered with the program, and how he was broken finally, which was killing a man uh, in the same room with him, uh, horrifying what he had done and nixing that conditioning that was keeping him under their control uh he tells the psychologist i remember everything and i am no longer jason Bourne." uh for his abilities and equipment so jason was actually genetically augmented during the program to be the pinnacle of physical and mental uh abilities within the human race uh, he's a master martial artist his fighting style consists of jeet kundo aikido screama 
Wing Chun, Kung Fu, Krav Maga, Muay Thai, Boxing, Sistema, Karate, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Bourne can take on multiple opponents, armed or otherwise, and often come out as the fight as the victor. Uh, he's a master marksman. He is very accurate with pretty much any gun that he picks up. He has a gifted intellect. So Bourne is an extremely intelligent person prior to the Treadstone oper- uh, operation, uh, but he even became better as the psychological conditioning removed emotion from him uh, so he then just became a master tactician uh, he is a master of situational awareness he's extremely good at lateral thinking and finding creative ways to stay a few steps ahead of the people hurting him he could effectively track down his targets and determine the best course of action in various missions sometimes not even using what would be considered as uh, specialized thinking uh he understood that the simplest way forward was usually through a straight line or driving a car through it uh the equipment he's going to bring to this match uh, is a six hour p229 nine millimeter pistol a pen knife and a garrot wire and that yeah that is jason Bourne. who okay, okay. I, i'm not real sure if you if you realize this but uh we won two wars to make sure and we didn't really have to care what the brits were doing uh and oh by the way cia doesn't give licenses to kill it's assumed when you become a cia you can kill uh it kind of makes no <laughs> sense to be an assassin that's not allowed to kill you, you got me there and uh honestly i forgot about the augmentation stuff so you know i'm not worried i'm not worried Daniel Craig's a beast. Daniel Craig is a beast. However, uh, unlike James Bond, Jason Bourne doesn't just sit around playing poker and drinking martinis all the time. This dude is always on the move, always growing and becoming a better person, becoming a better person, becoming a better person. Through his mantra of Matt Damon, Damon. he knows knows and will do everything that is his power to win this match. You know... You don't have to work hard. You have to work smart. So 007, he, he's bringing that work smarter, not harder attitude. And yeah. <laughs> what I will say is very interesting is so the first Jason or uh, rather James Bond novel, uh, which was, of course, Casino Royale. Uh, through Ian, Sir Ian Fleming, it was 1953. Uh, and the fact that there's that much history really just kind of belies what's going on. I mean, 1953, we're talking about in the middle of the Cold War. Uh, espionage is, is the thing and the cool, awesome stuff. Uh, and the beginning of the war, uh, and especially when you're talking about the Brits, a hell of a lot closer than the Soviet Union was uh, than the United States. Uh, the Cold War was really important to the United States, obviously, uh, but it didn't really become like the Red Scare until after the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, which I think is what kind of leads to Jason Bourne. The Bourne series through Robert Ludlum didn't even come out until 1980, uh, which really sits that narrative. The 80s was, was crazy when it came to the espionage and when people were really excited about the spy novel. Um of course, as you alluded to, and as as I have alluded to, both these characters' parents are dead, <laughs> which keeps in very well with our with our plot uh, amazingness. That is, you have to kill the the characters' par- parents, so they're just useless, useless people when it comes to being action heroes. Exactly, they get in the way. Too emotional. You can't go off and assassinate a dude if your mom's telling you not to. 
Exactly. Look at uh, what's his face, uh, Tom Cruise off Mission Impossible. We all know that it's actually a character, but no, it's not. It's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise all the time. He's got parents. They're just in the way all the time. God, get over your dead parents. <laughs> um, so, so with that, we we went through the bios, uh, kind of give you a little bit better understanding of these two characters. A ton of information out there. Uh, I know I use fan, fandom for a lot of my info, uh, and the fact that I've read most of the books and watched all the movies on repeat, uh, because that you you really can't get any better than the action camera shots from like Born Supremacy and Born Ultimatum. I mean, the fact that he was jumping through windows and the the camera was jumping right behind him is kind of badass. Um, but with all that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and break down what one of these matches would be like. Now, of course, with our Monte Carlo simulation, uh, we utilize uh, a mathematic equation that kind of takes a piece of 10 different variables, be it speed, durability, perception, and most importantly for us on this podcast humor and one-liners because if you can't if you can't pun then it doesn't matter you're useless to us on this podcast uh so it takes a piece of those variables and puts them against each other bringing the standard deviation or a bell curve and it finds out over a thousand matches who would win now the speculation that dustin and i are about to do with our characters has absolutely nothing to do with those thousand matches it's just a little bit more entertaining than if i just pushed a button and said yeah that was great good 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 job dustin well 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 done uh no i'd much rather hear how dustin thinks that his british guy who's just going to be sitting there drinking a martini in a tuxedo waiting for a poker game to start would go after the badass jason Bourne comes crashing through a window picking up a big pen about to get get down with his lady before taking on uh james bond i'm pretty uh, sure so that, I'm, I'm pretty sure bond pulls the ladies more than matt damon does yeah well you can have it's not you can have a ton of ladies it's fine uh it's not the quantity it's the quality mm, dustin okay and we're talking about matt damon here it's all about quality um so with this simulated match our our uh, compatriots over the dynamic dual podcast tend to do a non-environment environment. We don't want anybody having, you know, awesome advantages. They're 10 meters apart. They don't know anything about that. We throw most of that out the window. Why? Because it's more interesting to think of these two characters fighting in a place that would make sense for them to be. Uh, and the fact that both of these guys are spies, I think they're going to probably pick up on the fact that the other is a spy. Uh, so what we will do is we're going to put these two characters in, I don't know, let's say a gambling hall uh, with the understanding that they both had a dossier given to them by their respective agencies and they have to kill each other. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and let Dustin start us off. Dustin, how would James Bond react in this situation? So I think he would finish his martini He'd turn around, look at Jason Bourne, and introduce himself as Bond, James Bond. So Jason's going to walk in definitely looking a little bit more drab than the tuxedo-ridden Adonis dude looking at him with his sultry blue eyes. I'm sorry, I got lost there for a second. (laughs) Jason Bourne is going to walk in, 
understanding, especially from the accent, that this is the guy that he's coming after. Uh, he has got the information he needs to find out even more about him, like if he had a stepbrother or something. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Jason knows he's got to take this dude down. So he's going to walk up to the bar, grab the martini glass, and smash it against Bond's head. So, you know, Bond's not an idiot. He's going to see see him walking over there. He's going to know his intent. And before he can do that, he's going to kick the stool next to him straight into the shins of Jason Bourne. So as he takes this hit, he's going to roll right into his parkour-style movements, and he's going to tumble over the stool. Uh, But as he tumbles, he's going to go right into a front roll, kicking uh, Bond right into the testicles. (laughs) I could leave it. Daniel Craig's testicles alone. They've seen enough damage. <laughs> so he's going to reel back, you know, but but this kind of punishment he's taken in torture before. He's going to fall back and use that opportunity to put a little distance and find some cover. So as he's reeling from the the testicular trauma that he just took, uh, and stumbling towards cover, uh, Bourne's going to unholster his SIG and start putting rounds towards Bo- uh, Bond as he's reeling away. Okay, well, at that point, I, I just turned into a gunfight. Bond's going to be going from cover to cover, just firing at will, trying to get uh, close the distance a little bit. Well, as those rounds are coming, Bourne's just not going to stand there and and take it because, you know, he's a hell of a lot smarter than that. Uh, So as he's watching and dodging behind the bar, uh, he has already figured out what covers are available, how far they are apart. Uh, So Bourne's going to start firing a little bit behind and a little bit ahead uh, with his marksmanship skills uh, to, to put Bond where he wants him to go. Okay, so as Bond seems trapped, he's going to unleash his trap. He's going to detonate his wristwatch explosive that he left by the bar at the start, causing Jason Bourne to take a second look over, and that's when James Bond's going to come shooting. So the, the the explosion is definitely going to scare him. Obviously, if it's from a wristwatch, and, and I'm, I'm not going to expect that this is like the Q5000 explosive, it's going to be a little pop that's going to scare him a little bit. Uh, not realizing that that was something that was going to happen, Bourne's going to reel back, and as Bond is coming towards him, he's going to tumble, toward, uh, tumble towards uh, Bond, throwing his pin knife into his uh, his shooting hand. Okay, this causes Bond to drop his gun, but now he has a penknife and he's going to pull it out of his hand and go for a downward stab on Jason Bourne's neck. Now, Bourne's going to use a little bit of Krav Maga mixed with some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and all-around America, fuck yeah, uh, karate, uh, pulling Bond down and using his own weight and his own inertia against him. He's going to throw him uh, behind him uh, while kicking up onto his feet, uh, getting into a fighting stance, waiting for Bond to get up. 
Okay, uh, Bond's gonna get up, and I'm sure that there's a little bit of debris from that little explosive, so he's gonna pick up the leg of a stool, ready to use it as a bat on Bourne's face. This isn't cricket, son. Definitely not cricket. As Bourne watches him get up, uh, Bourne's going to shift left, shift right, close the distance, and as he gets up and sees Bond about to swing. Uh, he's going to pummel him again in the in the solar plexus a little bit in the abs, uh, trying to get behind him, yanking his garrot wire out uh, and pulling it around Bond's throat. Okay, so Bond has wire around his throat, but you know he's had so much training before. I think he's going to know what to do. He's going to already have his hand under that wire. He's going to kick down and then backwards headbutt Jason Bourne in the face. He's definitely going to have to loosen the wire because anybody that takes a head like that to his to his cranial region uh, is definitely going to have to loosen up, and, and he's going to be dazed a little bit. Uh, he's going to shake off the daze uh, and strike out with a, a forward punch, uh, aiming for uh, Bond's uh, nerve cluster right in the center of his shoulder blades. Okay, but Bond, after the headbutt, is going to roll out of the way and pick up his dropped gun with his good hand still and start firing back at Bourne. Uh, I'm going to say Bourne definitely takes a couple of rounds. I mean, Matt Damon is is fast, but he's not that fast. Uh, And Bourne takes a hell of a lot of punishment when it comes to these fights. Uh, But with that good old American know-how and the fact that he's from a Missourian, uh, we're going to say he's going to take a round or two, uh, but he's going to come at uh, Bond. Just sh- he doesn't even feel the pain. The, the adrenaline is pumping so hard uh, that he's going to come at him uh, with a chop right to his throat to try to end the match. Okay, I'm going to say the bullet hit an artery, and he's, he, he ain't going to get there that fast. He's, he's going to drop dead. Matt Damon, he, he got shot right in the heart. Right in the scrotum for payback, whatever. Seems a little excessive, doesn't it? All right, I, I get it. Uh, so we'll we'll go ahead and end the speculation there. So either Bond scores a kill shot and worse, uh, or Bourne is able to put Bond down uh, for once and for all for all of the estranged husbands and divorces that the man has caused over the years. Uh, Bourne has done this uh, on behalf of everybody. That's fair. So, yeah, I, I agree. Bond's kind of a douchebag when it comes to that kind of stuff. Has no has no honor or thinking towards the marital bliss that is some of these women. Um, so with that, we go ahead and roll into, before our results, we like to discuss a little bit about collateral damage. So what is that? Really, it's... What happens when you take two characters such as this? And I can only imagine what that that gambling hall looks like now with the explosions and the throwing people through and the gunshots. Uh, That's what we're really focusing on. It's like if we were to take these two characters and put them in a downtown New York City street with delicatesses. And I know we keep pulling on this and I I just keep thinking about a poor, poor deli guy. He's he's had enough thrown at him, but we're just going to keep going with that. Uh, Putting these two guys at, at, at Addy 
each other uh, in the middle of the street, what would happen? Um, so we tend to score this from a one to a five. One is kind of your common street brawl, not, not really any major damage. Five is like a thermonuclear warhead going off. Uh, Dustin, what are you thinking as far as where you would put that on the scale? So I think this is out of me and your fights that we've done so far. This is definitely one that I think we added more damage. So I'm going to I'm not going to scale it higher than some of my previous guests. I'm just going to go like that. I'm going to go 2.2, 2.25, right, right around there. Yeah, I definitely go with that, especially when we're talking about Bond's damage potential. I mean, Bourne doesn't have a Q sitting there trying to figure out how to fit a nuclear bomb into a pen. Um, at the very least, with his you know watch explosives and the fact that Bourne likes to drive cars through everything, uh, there's very good real possibility that the the two is a solid guess. So that's what I'm going to go with as well. Um, with that, and because you tend to be riding high on your on your characters as far, Dustin, who do you think won this fight according to our simulator? Oh man, so I came in really really confident that 007 has this and then you brought out the Bourne's augmentation and kind of it's close quarters fighting which I don't know I I didn't get into that with 007 so I'm not quite sure how good his is but if I don't say 007 Joseph might kill me so I'm gonna say 007 still all right, well, let us go and go ahead and go into the results. So the winner of a thousand matches between Jason Bourne and James Bond is Q Team America. Jason Bourne. Oh, this no. is the closest of our fights so far, uh, which I really like. I feel like it's definitely more of a coin flip than most. Uh, Jason Bourne won 54.5%, so 545 of the total 1,000 matches, uh, with James Bond being 455. Uh, What really put Bourne over uh, is the perception, uh, the fact that his tactical skills, I think, are a little bit higher than Bond. Maybe the fact that he doesn't train, drink vodka and vermouth as much as humanly possible, uh, and his fighting skill. Um, I, this definitely could go either way. I think if we ran the simulator another four or five times, we'd probably get half the results. So I think this was a good match. Um, I, I really enjoy having two guys that are close, uh, not like our first match where Dutch and Rambo, it just wasn't even wasn't even close for the poor Italian Stein. <laughs> so that's a win for me, Dustin. Thank God. I didn't want to have to get rid of you, but I would have uh, for posterity's sake. Um, but with all that, we'll go ahead and go into a tease for next week, and then we have to pick our characters. Because Dustin and I don't really have any allegiance to these characters, we tend to let fate decide who our next week's characters are going to be. Uh, with all that being said, the characters for next week will be of the Western variety. We will be doing pitting the man with no name, Clint Eastwood, from A Few Dollars More, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, High Plains Drifter, versus John Wayne himself, Rooster Cogburn. Uh, so that will be fun. Uh, so very much a 
James Bond, Jason Bourne of their time, but we're talking about the the pinnacle of cool cowboy western lore, and I'm very excited about it because I am definitely a fan of both. So to me, it doesn't really matter, but we are going to let fate decide, so we will let you call it in the air, Dustin. Whoever wins gets to choose their character. Fair? Fair. So we'll go and flip the coin in three, two, one. Tails. It is heads, my friend. So I will be taking John Wayne Rooster Cogburn because everybody knows if it were not for John Wayne, Clint Eastwood would just still be a swimming instructor for the U.S. Army. Uh, (laughs) But we'll go into that a little bit later. Uh, Dustin, good good fight, good match. I think this was probably our best one yet, and I can't wait to go into next week. You got anything else you want to put out? Uh, Yeah, um, redemption match coming up soon. I, I I take the loss very personal. It it hit me right in the scrotum, just like James Bond got hit. Um, but I'm ready for next week. I love Clint Eastwood, and I grew up on Westerns. And I am from the cowboy capital state, Wyoming. So, I mean, this is right up my alley. I, I better win this. Well, you can think that about Wyoming. We all know that the true cowboy state is the home of Tombstone, which would be Arizona, which is where I'm from. Uh, But we will get into that further next week. So with all that being said, join us next week. Uh, Definitely continue listening to us on whatever platform you're using uh, and leave us a comment. We'd really like to be able to talk about it on the podcast, uh, bring a little bit more levity into this. Uh, so until then, this is Ken, that's Dustin. Thank you for listening. See ya.